What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Today's episode of the Inside EVs podcast is brought to you by E-Range EV Tire. E-Range EV Tires are specifically engineered for electric vehicles. Using an advanced manufacturing process called liquid phase mixing, E-Range EV's EcoPoint 3 technology creates a tire with lower rolling resistance and longer range, while offering low levels of wear and high grip. All this while staying affordable. Go to erangetires.com. That's E-R-A-N-G-E, tires.com, to find your EV's next set of tires. Hello, and welcome to the Inside EV's podcast for March the 24th, 2023. This is episode number 155. Thanks for joining us. Okay, on today's show, we'll be talking about the debut of the all-electric Ford Explorer, Ford announced some details about its upcoming next-generation electric pickup truck, and uh, Kia has revealed the EV5. All right, I'm Dominic Yoni, Inside EV's editor and forum moderator, as well as the host of the new YouTube channel, Drive Electric with Dominic. Joining us today in a few minutes will be the debonair Mr. Tom Logney, senior editor at Inside EV's and host of the YouTube channel, State of Charge. And of course, Kyle Connor joins us from the majestic, practically palatial halls of Vodaspec Studios, where he produces high-voltage videos for a growing number of YouTube channels. So welcome, everybody. And today, Kyle, it looks like your uh, your majestically, majestic, practically palatial halls are somewhere in the wilds of Roanoke, Virginia. That is correct. You joined me in, I believe, Salem, just on the outskirts of Roanoke. We're actually on a road trip in this car right here, a Porsche Taycan. Watch as Anna smashes the front lip against the curb here. I don't. Will I it, hope not. <laughs> will it blend? Will it blend? <laughs> so no, that's good. She didn't crash it. Awesome. Um, yeah, we got a lot to talk me. about, and uh, yes. we're on a road trip in two Porsches. So life doesn't suck today. That's right. So yeah, so let's kick this, I guess, off with talking about uh, talking about your Porsches. So we have a, some other videos that we want to talk about that you've done this week, but you've been driving and you haven't released anything on this one, particularly one yet, but let's start off with the, uh, the Panamera, uh, Porsche Panamera e-hybrid, I believe you're in, uh, you did, I don't know if was that a tweet you put up or something that you're getting great range with the, with the, with it. It's a, it's a plug-in hybrid electric. It's not all electric. Of course, if you, if you're uh, not familiar with the Porsche Panamera, yeah. So what, what can you tell us about it? 
Yeah, well, uh, what's funny is I used to drive a Porsche Panamera before. Actually, I had a Model S, and then I got a Panamera, and then I went back to Tesla. So I kind of like these things, and they're they're pretty neat. They're great GT cars. They just sit for miles on the highway. But most people just spend time driving around town. So, you know, on this podcast, for me, I'm really a Taycan guy for my choices personally. I think a fully electric car makes a lot of sense. However, there's still so many people, actually a surprising number of people that aren't ready to make the jump to full electric yet. And what the Panamera plug-in hybrid allows you to do is to have the best of both worlds in theory. You get about, you know, 25 to 35, maybe even 40 miles if you're really gentle on it, of full electric driving around the city. And then on the highway, you have a twin turbo V6 and this particular one combustion engine. Now you can spec this all the way up to the turbo SE plug-in hybrid, which is just insane monster power. This is actually the four. So it's an all wheel drive, but with the standard uh, powertrain and it's fine. It's great. It gets up in boogies if you drive it hard, but I've actually been u- using it as an EV primarily around right. town, plugging it in and it's worked great for that. It's really been a comfortable car to get in. It's easy to maximize the electric performance, 100 kilowatts of electric power. Uh, what's really kind of crazy about this, and I won't nerd out too much because I want to get to full electric stuff here in a minute, but what's crazy is it uses an electric motor ahead of the transmission. That's not the crazy part. What's crazy is the transmission is a dual clutch. So it has to manage the electric motor with clutches when you're first setting off. So actually you can get the same drivetrain in the Cayenne plug-in hybrid, which uh, is a torque converter automatic and has instant response and is really good. Here you kind of feel the clutches working if you're really in tune, but the tuning is amazing. I mean, as complicated as that car is, Porsche nailed it. That thing is unbelievable. Um, You know, we, we were in Pennsylvania for a day and a half or so and never used the combustion engine once, just driving around, going to hotel, dinner, you know, places around worked out great you can do about over 80 miles an hour full electric it's pretty sweet if you nail the throttle does the uh does the ice engine come on yes in any mode if you go wide open throttle the combustion engine will fire right on so it does some cool things actually i noticed this morning uh, because we were on a on a road trip um i i didn't put it in electric mode the beginning i actually put it in to its sport setting just to get the combustion engine running because I knew I was going into Charlotte later today. So I wanted to preserve the battery. But one thing that was cool was as I was pulling out of the hotel, the combustion engine was running, but I noticed I was using a ton of electric power. And what I realized was it was actually helping prolong the engine life by using electric power when the engine's cold. Once it came up to pretty normal operating temp, it actually was using the engine to charge back up the battery. And then, you know, most of the load was on combustion. So they really have integrated electric and combustion perfectly. Um, leave it to Porsche to do something that complicated and not annoy me, which most right. hybrids do annoy me. So the, uh, the transitions from electric to gas and back and forth, that's pretty seamless? Oh, you can barely tell. You hear a little bit of a crack out the exhaust because this one's got this, you know, sport stuff. It's a Porsche. Uh, right. but, but that's only if you're really listening for it. On the highway, you have no clue. Right on, and the uh, I think the the Turbo S version of that set some records on the Autobahn there, uh, not the Autobahn, but the Nurburgring, didn't it not? Yeah, it's very possible. Um, I'm not sure offhand what records it did set. I've never sampled the Turbo SE plug-in hybrid, um, 
and you can get it as a wagon, which is like super sick. So you get like a Panamera Turbo SE plug-in hybrid, big wheels, wagon, roof box, send it. That's the move. <laughs> right on. And uh, did you did you mention your range? You're getting it. It's ready for 19 EPA, right? Yeah, and, and no matter how I drive it, I can barely get it under 30. I like went on the highway and just went wide open throttle in electric mode. It was just like, let's do the thing. And okay. that was great. Typically, Porsches have this electronic plunger in the accelerator pedal that pop out when you're in electric mode. So you know exactly how far you can go before you kick on combustion. And right. unlike Volvo or other cars, it's not the kick down switch. It's only about 30 or 40 percent of the way through the throttle. So that when you do break through that false floor, you're not firing up the combustion engine at full load. It's starting up, you know, just as a, you know, supplemental power to what you're already getting. Unfortunately, in this one, I think it's broken. I cannot feel the plunger in this car, uh, but but I've experienced it and I've done deep dive videos. It would be better if the plunger was working. So I let Porsche know they're going to look into it. All right. So that's that's pretty decent. If you if Kyle Connor cannot get the range to go down to like the EPA, that's that's you know serious over promise or under promise over deliver territory, which Porsche also does with the Taycan range. Um, so speaking of Porsche Taycan. And and things. So you're there with your friend. Um, <laughs> I'm like missing. I'm sorry. Yes, her name Anna, is with me. Anna, right? Yes. Yes. I, yes. I know. I know her name actually, but it's just my mind real quick. Um, so she, as you know, because she's hanging out with you, I guess. Uh, just on a road trip, just casually decides this is a great time to buy her own electric car. Or something. I don't know where actually how it all happened. So maybe you can tell us how that all happened. Sure. Right now, so for some reason, you know, you're on this Porsche. Tom's joining us here. Here he comes. Hey, Tom. Hey, guys. Hey. I'm, I don't have a great setup here. I don't know if I'm going to be uh, uh, able to c continue. But uh, okay. how am I? Do I look okay now? Is it? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. You're good. All right. So, awesome. So we were just about to talk, hear a. Kyle talk about uh, Anna's Porsche Taycan that she just picked up, but maybe we should switch to you real quick and uh, tell us about what's going on. So you're at you're in in uh, the wilds of Tennessee, outside of Memphis somewhere at Ford's Blue Oval City, where they just had a big presentation and a streaming, uh, you know, streaming event. And so yeah, give us a rundown. And you, I think you spoke to the CEO yourself personally. Yeah, I actually just spent 20 minutes in a lightning with Jim Farley, which nice. is pretty cool. Uh, I'll have yeah. that interview uh, up on Inside EV soon. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the reason, reason why we're here was Ford just wanted to give progress updates on their new plant down here in Stanton, Tennessee. It is enormous, guys. Right. Right. It's six square miles. It, it, I mean, it's a, it's a city. They call it Blue Oval City. It's like a city. It needs its own substation, its own water tower. It's it's just massive. It's bigger and, than Stanton. What's that? It's bigger yeah. than Stanton. And I looked at it on Google Maps. <laughs> it's, like, it's enormous. Yeah. And they're going to be building batteries here The yeah. uh, and also the next generation electric truck which uh, Jim was really excited about. And, uh, right. you know, he, he basically, you know, was saying that it's, in his eyes, it is just worlds ahead of anything he's seen so far. And he's super excited about it. He was like, you know, basically he's telling me, you're not going to want to drive your Lightning anymore after you, uh, after you see what we're working on here. So, but, you know, it's, it's his job to be positive. But, this, I mean, this site's going to be making uh, a 43 gigawatt hour battery per year. 
um, and uh, producing 500,000 of the next generation electric trucks per year. So, you know, evidently they think there's going to be that much of a demand for what they're putting forward now with the new, uh, they codenamed it T3. Right. Trust the truck, right? Yeah. Trust the, trust the truck. Well, supposedly that was what the engineers and the people working in the program, that was like their rallying cry. Like they, everything had to just work. The truck had, you had to be able to trust the truck for, for a digital experience to tow, to haul, for range, for charging. And, and so that just kind of stuck. And now they call it, you know, the, the T3 is the code name. Right on. Uh, did they get? Did they, just, they didn't say anything about the size of the truck. Did they? Is this going to replace the F one fifty or be an F one fifty? No, no, they didn't. They didn't um, uh, talk about the size of the truck at all. That no details about the truck really came out here, other than they're really excited about it. It's going to be awesome, <laughs> and uh, it's their next generation platform. Which you know, with, without coming out and saying it, you could tell they're leaning towards eight hundred volt system, and you know, like. Totally next gen stuff. Okay, right on. So silicon carbide inverters and you all know that they they, they they claim that they put a team together of like you know they assembled a, a, a amazing team and and are creating the future of Ford trucks. So uh, you know they they you know they not to denigrate the lightning, but you know it, they they kind of the way they're talking about it, it was just like you know you're. You'll forget about the lightning quickly when you see what we're working on here. <laughs> right. So, um, which is good to hear. And you should be excited about your your vehicle. But it's not all about that T3, why we came down here. They really wanted to show us the facility, show us that it's on track uh, to be, begin producing vehicles and batteries in 2025. Tremendous amount of progress uh, has, has been made here in, in, in such a massive. They have literally hundreds of earth movers here on site, hundreds of them. Right. pushing dirt around they got i think it was a million tons of stone have been delivered so far a wow. million tons you know so uh, you know just an insane amount of of uh concrete's been poured and i have all the figures i'm going to put that in a video coming up right. and i'm going to include the interview with uh with jim in that but there's another thing that's another story that is important about what they're doing down here now it's in really rural tennessee right. and i think one of the questions or concerns they had was will we have the talent pool in the area to fulfill 6,000 jobs, many of which are, are, you know, engineers and battery techs and so forth. And, you know, the area isn't a hotbed for tech right now. So no. they're investing a tremendous amount of money. They're partnering with local um, uh, uh, elementary, not elementary schools, like uh, high schools and uh, colleges and tech schools. They're, they're building programs to, to start training kids or, or at least giving them the option of what do you want to do with them? Would you like to learn about batteries? Would you like to be an engineer? And they have dedicated programs. Now, the kids, obviously, once they go through these programs, they don't have to work for Ford. They can go work for Tesla. But, right. but they'll have four or five years of, of, of tech training, specialized training for electric vehicle, battery systems, and all that stuff, which I think is really, really good and important. So this whole area is, is like come alive now with what Ford's doing down here. They're partnering with local businesses. It's good to see companies do that. They're, they're really making an effort to be a good member of the, of the community down here, and that's important. 
That was that was a very poignant portion of the uh, presentation when Jim Farley was talking about his his grandfather uh, getting a job at the Ford plant and how that totally transform changed the trajectory of the generation the family going forward. That's why you know he's he's the CEO of Ford now. He would never have, that would never have happened probably if if his grandfather hadn't got a job at Ford and, and you know and so he's he was talking about how the same same change for families is coming to Tennessee it is something how something that almost seems like an insignificant event in your life can alter the course of, of you and generations following and right. not to put it on the same scale. But I, I, you guys hear me talk about this frequently about how I filled out that application to, to, to lease the mini E and how they tried to trick you. And, and if you didn't, and if I didn't do that, like my whole life would be on a different trajectory. So, you know, some kid in, in school in Tennessee here now, all of a sudden there's a course available to learn how to be a battery engineer, which there never would have been if Ford didn't come down and invest all this money and so forth. And now the whole trajectory of his life could be different and his for generations after. So I like, I like to hear, see stories like this. I think Ford's doing a good job down here, at least so far. Let's let's hope it continues and they follow through with everything. Right on. Hey, did you did you happen to talk with uh, uh, Jim about the Ford Explorer in Europe at all? I, I didn't. No, okay. I I really okay. um, you know obviously I didn't have a lot of time with him. Right. Uh, and his assistant was like knocking on the window, telling me we're done, uh, right. as as good assistants do. do. Uh, but I really talked a lot about. You'll see the video uh, a lot about a battery tech about about. Um, Ford's ability to to, to control mi mineral supply, uh, you know, about um, uh, supply chain challenges and things like that, and and really why they chose this area and and uh, and uh, solid state batteries and things like that. Um, did they did they uh, so did he say anything about like getting involved with mining? Or anything, anything so like we that? talked a little bit about that. Um, okay. I, I, quite honestly, I don't want to talk too much about so, what happened sure. in the video sure. because Ford has to approve it because ah. usually their assistants are always sitting with you when you when you interview a CEO. Right. But their assistant couldn't come. We we did the interview in a Ford F one hundred and fifty Lightning, and she was climbing in the back seat to like for the interview. I'm like, you can't come in here you'll be going to be in the video. And she's like, I, I need to be there. Like in case he says something wrong. So when we were done, they're like, could you just show us the video before? I said, yeah, but he didn't, he didn't say anything that they're going to want. Uh, right. I'm, That's I'm typical. Sure. I, this is when I've interviewed like very high level people in other companies, the same thing, they have to have their assistant there and like, you know, kick them if they, they go down the road that they're not supposed to. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, Kyle, do you have any questions for Tom? Well, I was supposed to be there with Tom and everyone right. over at Ford, and uh, our schedule got pushed today, so sorry for missing it. But it would have been fun to hang out with Tom. I actually got to spend time with Tom this week, so I'd like to talk about that a little bit. Uh, but it just seems like a great event. I know, uh, actually, I know some people who live in the area in West Tennessee, and they say, you know, they can just feel the big change that's coming. Um, you know, for me, I'm I'm really excited about the products that that will be produced here, and and the whole idea of creating a city around the future of what your company will be, and the production cycle of that is pretty smart. I mean, I I got to go and visit and see this, and you know, check in on it every time I drive through. And uh, I'm it's I'm massive. so excited to go see it. Massive. So, so the the truck that comes out of here will this be the next all electric Ford, or is there another model coming out on a 
like there'll be models before platform. that. There'll Sorry? be models in between. This this truck doesn't come out till 2025. Right. Ford's going to have electric vehicle launches before then. Right. I, I just put, throw that out there because Tim McDonald asked us in the chat, when is Ford really seeing more car EVs? So I yeah. just thought I mentioned that. Yeah. Um, all right. So um, I don't know. Anything else for, at the event there you want to mention? I thought it was pretty cool that they have like three cement plant or concrete plants on site. So they're keeping all the heavy trucks off the local roads. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty amazing. Dominic, it is an amazing site. Like the, the the vastness of it is just incredible. They actually rented a Ferris wheel and put it in the front so that the journalists could ride in it so we could see views. The only thing is it was pouring raining when, when we got here and it only stopped raining right before I interviewed Jim. Now there's people out there now on it doing it. And uh, I might, after the podcast, I might get one spin before I go just to get a video of me going up around it. But just to show how big the site is, they're putting you on a Ferris wheel. It's, it's a massive site, massive that's, site. That's pretty awesome. So I, I should, I should warn the audience now, we're gonna have to keep this really short today, uh, an hour, maybe even a little less because Tom's going to get to the airport. Uh, and that's like a 45 minute drive, I think from the, to the Memphis airport from where you are. Yeah. Yeah, let's. So I, I think that's that's we can wrap this up here. Um, you just froze on me for a minute. I don't know if you're still talking, <laughs> but um, we could talk about maybe uh, some of the stuff Kyle and I did this week. Yeah, that's what that's what I want to talk about. So yeah, so you you guys uh, met up at your house and put out a couple of videos. So on your on the State of Charge channel, I believe Tom, you have a video with Kyle talking about DC fast charging because Kyle, of course, is the dean of DC to fast charging. <laughs> the uh, what was it? Road I didn't Tripper, know that what? went live. Is that up yet? Yes. Oh, cool. yesterday I, I put it, it up out. yesterday. Yeah, yeah. And so yeah, so there's a great like 10, 12 minute video uh, talking about fast charging. A little bit of the history, how what the situation is right now, and I, and but the but I thought the the more interesting conversation, not that you know Kyle wasn't interesting, but. Uh, you all went made a huge video for Kyle's channel, Out of Spec Reviews channel, which is like an hour and a quarter or something. And so that you're looking at your house with the integrated solar system and the uh, tel the Ford Intelligent, uh, what is it, power? Ford Intelligent Power system backup you have? Power. Back intelligent right. Backup Power. That's right. So uh, where, the, where your Ford F-150 Ford F Lightning can power your house. And, but so you spent some time talking about that and walking through the system, but you also, which is, I thought was, I enjoyed, I watched the whole thing. Uh, you went through your, so if you've seen Tom on the show before or on his videos, he has a wall of home chargers, EF, EVSE units. Um, just like a massive wall of them. So you, you went through the whole thing, every one of them, about 30 different EVSE units. To, you know, there's some historic units. There's so much there. You have just about everything sort of like the, the Roadster. Uh, connect. Maybe you have a Roadster connector too. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. What did you think of that collection though? Kyle, did you get quite an education there or what? It was really great. Everything is, is fully on YouTube. I encourage you to, you know, if you have the time to watch this podcast, you probably have the time to watch that video. And it just was uh, a super fun nerd fest. Tom really went through and talked about the history of a lot of different EVSEs. We looked at the electrical setup at his house. I had such a blast. He made us great pizza. 
And uh, it was just a, a, a fantastic time. Every time I go to Tom's place, it's great. But this time he actually made us some legit pizza. And for those who may be new viewers, Tom used to be a, like a restaurant mega dude and made some of the best pizza in New Jersey. And so now he's making it at home. So all you need to do is just find his address, go to his house. You can plug in for free and get free pizza. It's awesome. Yeah. So, and, and we get, we get the comment from Pete. I confirm Tom makes great pizza. So um, if, if you watched Kyle's video, Pete actually makes a uh, cameo appearance. That's true. And uh, more than once. And uh, you know, Pete, I got to tell you, uh, I was talking to Kyle and Kyle said, you're not allowed to come by anymore when we shoot the videos because you, you interrupted too much. You were uh, dropping your phone and you were walking into the scenes. <laughs> no, just, just kidding. No, all, all was good. But yeah, we had, we had some fun. Pete stopped by and um, I made Kyle a, a pizza. We talked about it. So, so for, for a while, I still want to do what Kyle mentioned. I should get an electric pizza oven and drive around the country and, and, and do a, a, a country tour making pizza out of the back of my lightning plugged into the thing and call it State of Crust. So may, maybe we'll do that someday. But it was fun having Kyle over. It was really come over to, to make a video for him, which I think did really well. It seems like the comments, people loved our collaboration. But I said, look, you come here, we'd shoot a video for you. Stay in here. I'm going to ask you a few questions and let's make a video, a quick video for my channel. So we did that. And uh, I think that's working out well, too. Right on. Yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed those videos. And uh, yeah, if you haven't seen them yet, uh, I encourage you encourage you to check them out. So I'm just curious, though. So I believe you may have given Kyle one of your chargers while you were there. You had like an old, old, huge Clipper Creek unit. Did, is that actually with you, Kyle, now? or? or? No, I think we forgot. I forgot to steal that from Tom. So next uh -oh. time, I'm stealing. Next time, it. I have a few of them, so you can yeah. you can have one. Yeah, it's those are the, the OG, the original Cooper Creek units from like 2008, 2009. Right. This is like a two feet wide, foot and a half tall. I even right. have one that's um, I think I have one that's like a 60 amp one, Kyle. So I'll give you, I'll, I'll give you the high powered one. Oh, that sounds great. Love it. I want to put a Roadster connection on it. <laughs> this, this is Gentleman Town with the Roadster. I'm not sure if I mentioned that last week. but one of the, So I did this video a couple weeks ago at the uh, of a little EV event, and the, uh, one of the people there, EV owners, actually has a, a low-mile Roadster in his garage at home. I'm kind of hoping to have a look at sometime. Which, which uh, speak of, didn't Tesla just announce like yesterday, I think, that it's end of life for Tesla Roadster batteries. They're they're going to stop making Tesla Roadster batteries. So if you have an original gen Roadster you're, you, and the battery fails, like you're you're not going to be able to get a replacement. You'll have to from, go to from like Tesla. A, from Tesla. Yeah, like a, a secondary outfitter. Right. Is There's another company that does Roadster batteries, though, isn't there? There's two main other ones. Yes. Okay. Okay, so it's not, yeah, because I, I expect Roadster prices and values will just rise as time goes on. I, you know, I think. Yeah, but Tesla really screwed over, uh, sure. or I should say, didn't do a very good job supporting the Roadster. The R80 pack was a disaster. This new pack that they're coming out with, I think it's like Tom saying, get in there or get out. You might want to do that. I need to research that. I might make a video on it, actually. Um, yeah. I've spent quite a bit of time with Roadster owners, driving Roadsters. I'm a huge fan. And I should have bought one, you know, five years ago when they were 40 grand. Now they're 140 grand. Yeah. So 
It's just insane. They're great cars, really cool, but they you need to be a nerd to drive that, and you need to be patient where, like, if the battery bricks, if you don't take care of it properly, it might be down for a year and a half while you wait for a new battery pack. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely not a daily driver. <laughs> uh, right. So, what else? Um, so, Tom, you did a, I don't know if you want to talk about this, but you did a, another video earlier this week about getting stuck in a snowstorm situation. So, there's this premise about the, you know, the possibility of getting stuck in a snowstorm that we see out there all the time. Every winter, you know, people say that we're going to freeze to death, you know, in our electric cars and blizzards. So you did this little, quick little video, but it turned out into really being more of a, a, a video about the efficiency of the heating systems in the F-150 Lightning and the Rivian R1T, a little bit of a comparison test. So I thought this was a pretty cool experiment. And I, I watched the video. Uh, do you want to tell us real quick which truck would keep you warmer longer if you were stuck in a blizzard or or should we just go watch sure. it on youtube <laughs> no 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 sure uh i'll tell you the, the lightning actually really outperformed the rivian it's not a big surprise because we all know the rivian has you know uh, uh, just a normal drain even when it's 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 shut off it's got a vampire drain so that was going on while the vehicle was just trying to keep itself warm and uh basically when it, when it snowed, I parked both vehicles in my yard, charged them both to 85%, turned them both on. I tried to maintain heat um, about 55 degrees in the cabin, which I figured is warm. Now, I, I, it's not the most efficient way to do this. Like, you would try to keep yourself warm by just using the seat heater and so forth. But this was just a test to see which vehicle would last longer because a lot of people, and you still see the comments online, people saying, yeah. EVs are great, but what happens if you get stuck in a, in a snowstorm? The battery's going to die. You're going to be frozen on the side of the road. And other people have proved that that's not the case. So this wasn't a video to really prove it. This video just wanted to see which vehicle would last longer. And the Lightning was 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 a lot more efficient, even though it has a much bigger cabin to uh, to, to to keep warm. Uh, you know, it 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 only lost I think 14 percent. Of the battery between uh, on uh, for 12 hours with the heat running, and the uh, the Rivian lost 19% of the battery. So uh, you know it would be, a, and that's only 12 hours, half a day. So you know 5% more in half a day, it's 10%. Uh, you know for 24 hours. Um, but either vehicle, if you were at a high state of charge when you got stranded, you you would be fine for many days. Uh, you know the Lightning would last I think more than four days uh, and right. still provide enough heat. And you would like I said. You wouldn't leave it set at 55 degrees, just cranking, you know, keeping you warm. You would turn it off for a little bit, turn it back on, use the seat heaters, you know, try to stretch it out as much as you can. So, um, yeah, it, it, it it's an interesting topic. I It was one of those topics. I always laugh sometimes when, when Kyle say, don't watch this video. It's a stupid video when he makes a video. And that's kind of how I felt about this. But then I was like, you know, it, it does, as a comparison, it was worth doing. Not yeah. necessarily to say, oh, look, you know, you, you'll stay alive in your truck. And I think for that purpose, it was worth comparing the two trucks. Right. I think I think there's like a Florida kind of version of that die in your truck in a blizzard thing where it's just all about escaping hurricanes, you know, evacuations. You know, you're going to be stuck at the side of the road in your car and you're going to get, you know, drowned in a hurricane. I don't know how I'm going to, I, I don't know if I can make a video to disprove that or not, but I'm, I'm considering it. I need to. Well, need Dominic, to... let's be honest. There's a lot of ways to die in Florida. And it's so, you know. <laughs> it's true. And hurricane well, is just one. Well, the, 
the next time there's a hurricane, you got to charge up your Tesla and drive through it and record that. That'll make a great video. I'm fleeing Florida. <laughs> great. I do have insurance, so I guess. <laughs> Send it. Go for it. I don't know. Maybe I should get life insurance first, too, if I do something like that. <laughs> so, uh, all right. So I don't know if there's anything else you want to talk about there, Tom. Well, I, I mean, I have everything covered here with the Ford event. Um, there's an article on Inside EVs that talks about what Ford's doing. That's right. already up. That's I'm going to follow it up with a video where I got some some shots of the of the campus and, and embed uh, Jim's interview in that. That's probably not going to go up in Inside EVs until probably maybe Monday uh, of next week. Maybe I can get it done by Sunday. I don't know. I'm going to be traveling now because i got connecting flights and I'm not going to get home till 3 o'clock in the morning. Oh um, God, but really? uh, yeah, yeah, it's a I have a bad travel home. Maybe I should have driven Kyle there. should come over and pick me up. But uh, yeah. Um, any event, uh, yeah. No, that's about all I have to say, guys. Uh, I could probably punch out at this time and head to the airport. All right. Well, thank you very much for making taking the time uh, and reporting uh, for us live from Blue Oval City in Tennessee. All right. Thanks see for you, having Tom. me, guys, and have fun. And uh, I'll see everybody next week at our regular time, regular yes. place. <laughs> Right. Same bat time, same bat channel. All right. Sweet. Oh, that's awesome. That was a pretty big deal over there this morning, though. I, uh, well, I, I really was... wanted to go. And, uh, you know, I knew there weren't going to be any big product announcements, which is typically right. when I try to go to film stuff. But I really wanted to go because um, I wanted to film a full tour of that factory. I wanted to review their city. <laughs> they were like, right. yeah, come. We'll just, like go all around, do all this stuff. So I don't know. I'm, I'm just, I just feel bad that we missed it but we were out getting that thing so it delayed well, us a little bit well it's going to be still a couple more years i guess this is 2023 so all of this year and all of next year for construction so it's a little bit slower than tesla's like the uh, texas uh, supercharger uh, not supercharger but you know gigafactory your prediction i don't know if that's a fair comparison exactly but you know, I, i'm pr i'm fairly certain that the size of the campus is going to be larger with Ford. I don't know the direct comparisons right. and um, just the way that Tesla operates versus everyone else. Tesla's sure. speedy. And right. so for Ford to even be doing this, I'd rather them just like get it done right. Not sure. so much worry about the speed because it sounds like this is going to be a place where they're going to manufacture for years and years and years. Right. I mean, for the size of the place, two years is, is not unreasonable. If you look at historical, you know, build times, you know, Tesla has really gone crazy with it like it's china gigafactory the speed of that and then the austin gigafactory speed but anyway but we should talk about the anna's porsche just a little bit so we were talking earlier about you were you stopped in atlanta i guess to pick up the panama no but that's not where you got the porsche you you picked up the panamera you want me to explain how this all works yes yes because no, i don't know we, <laughs> uh, we actually flew from because i want to talk about my dad's lucid a little bit too it's actually yes. out the out of spec lucid we chipped we chipped in quite a bit to make that happen so I'm, okay. I'm stealing the car for a bit um so basically i flew in with anna uh to new york we we did the lucid thing we'll talk about that after and the whole play and the whole reason she came along was we already knew she wanted to get this car. You know, it was like we wanted to inspect it and check it out first before she committed to it. But we had a deposit on it before we came. And um, so she tagged along. We went to Porsche. They, you know, just did a couple little things to it. They needed to bleed the brake fluid because I thought the pedal was a little squishy. It's back to normal now. Uh, needed new tires. They did all that. And uh, just because the, 
the previous owner had nicked one. I don't know. It's all good now. It's perfect. 6,000 miles, uh, certified pre-owned. The whole video's on our Out of Spec Reviews channel. It, um, yeah, certified for six years unlimited mile warranty. How about that? So she, she is just drive this thing course. and not worry about it. Yeah. Right. And, you know, so she was actually happen. getting a Model 3. Yeah, she was getting a Model 3 performance. And, um, you know, I was like, you know, what, what's really the difference? Because she's like, I really want a Taycan. That's my dream car. I'm going to get a Model 3, wait a couple of years, and then get the Porsche. And I'm like, well, by the time you buy a new Model 3, eat the depreciation, and then buy a Porsche, what, what are you doing here? Just get the Porsche now. And so we actually sure. ran the numbers, and we looked at a used Taycan. This one here is about $80,000. And factoring in the depreciation on the Model 3, that this car was 110000 roughly new, and it's already taken a hit. Her overall cost, similar to how you stepped up into the Model 3 after the Bolt Dom, she did the same thing running the costs where this is actually probably going to be a less expensive car for her to own over the lifetime, and she'll have longer coverage faster charging speeds roughly the same range uh because tycon always outperforms epa and she's driving her dream car and you know she's uh lucky enough to to work an awesome job she's a software engineer really smart so she was able to step up and you know pay that extra increase to be able to afford the car but it was actually a really smart decision so um yep really really awesome Oh, I uh, just have a little update. Mackie Vlog just says Emma Berg, that's a, a Ford PR person, uh, just tweeted a pic of Tom doing the podcast, which is, thanks, yep. Emma. She's great. Um, yes. Hi, Emma. <laughs> so oh, I had a question about this car. Oh, so, so she was going to get the Model 3 Performance. So you own a Model 3 Performance, and you've driven Taycan loads. So, so I got a little time behind, behind the uh, the tycom with your you and your dad actually one time and i just love the way it handled but I, I can't really compare it in my mind to the model 3 because so much time has passed since i you know drove them both but you do this you drove them together on a on a pretty regular basis so how do you think they compare like just like steering and, and like the road feel it's it's not really once you start getting into that minutia they're not really great comparable cars uh because the model 3 is honestly so much smaller different class of vehicle when we look at what anna really wanted out of a car which is honestly not that much performance she needed all-wheel drive in the model 3 was the idea and then we actually looked at lfp model 3 for her Um, but she was like i could go max model 3 or low tycon and your overall cost is about the same the tycon this one's a lot slower it's a rear wheel drive but it has the big battery and um you know at the end of the day it's hard to make that exact comparison numbers on paper because the Model 3 is a way better value, no matter which way you put it, for range, charging network, app connectivity. I just made a whole video this week that the Model 3 LFP is the one to have. The thing rocks. Right. And so that really is just probably the best value for dollar out there on a new car, I think, because it can do so much. In the case of Anna, though, she she just really wanted a Taycan. And we worked the numbers to so a place where, you know, she's saved up for 10 years for this car. And I'm like, wow. you know, here here's what it is. Let's let's do it. And, uh, you know, she she really pushed me on it. She's like, I think I want to get one. Can you find me the car? And and we found this one for her. nice. That's what you're good at. Hey, we should make that a, a, like a like a little feature of the show. You know, if you have an electric car that you think you want, let us find it for you. Well, let's find you with like a used one yeah, or, or even actually I've been thinking about this a little bit. Um, so if you have like a, you know, you want to get a car used or, or new, um, you know, 
every every car is there's no one perfect you know one size fits all kind of car so you know give us your budget what your kind of driving patterns and needs are and maybe we can give you some suggestions about you know what you should look for or could look for and maybe we could suggest something that's a little outside of your you know your scope that you that wasn't maybe on your radar i know but dom we already make our shows an hour and 45 minutes long without that that's true. This is true. <laughs> I don't know if we have time for it. But yeah, basically she's she's super happy with the car. We just did our first charging session. Plug okay. and charge worked at EA on the first try. Nice. And so uh yeah, it's a it's right over here. The car looks really great. And um, you know, big wheels, big battery, big range. It's it's a it's a real solid vehicle. Yeah, I like that color so much, actually. Smidge 204 says the same thing. I do like that color of the color of that Porsche. We need more color choices. That's another thing that's, you know, one of the areas that Tesla doesn't quite match, you know, other automakers They have like just a very limited color palette to, you know, to make your cars. You have to kind of take, do that kind of work in the uh, aftermarket with wraps or whatever. But uh, okay, so you were talking about, you mentioned that your dad bought a Lucid Air. So yeah, I, I saw you have a video on your personal channel. It's uh, Kyle Connor. Uh, on YouTube, uh, just going to inspect the car and having having a look see. So, what did you think of it when you got it? And you've also been driving it a lot. So, uh, you know, tell us like what you thought when you first saw it, and then now how you feel after driving it somewhat. Yeah. So the the full like collection videos on my dad's channel, Out of Spec Dave, and that's where he announces the Lucid. He's already done a one day ownership review. He just got the Apple CarPlay update to it so he's actually filming that right now so he's excited and um the lucid's a really interesting car because you know there's been so much hype around it i remember originally reviewing the car i had it for three weeks or so to make a whole bunch of videos with courtesy of my friend peter and um you know my dad's car is really the right spec he went for the grand touring a similar thing like anna did rather than buying a new one he bought one with 890 miles on it for about $40,000 under sticker. I mean, they really just tank, uh, at least in this particular case. So he found a pretty much brand new car out of steel. He paid just over, I think he paid 105 for it. And, um, you know, 105 for a, uh, you know, big battery, lucid air, all wheel drive, one G of acceleration when you use launch control. And that that is so cool. And I don't think he's gonna get that hurt on the purchase. He's elated with it, he loves it. Uh, 351 kilowatt peak charging speeds. Pretty cool. There's still a lot of work to be done with Lucid, though, and they know this. The software is still a pain point. Little bugs in the system driving it around. You know, for example, just the heated seat has a high, medium, and low, and off. That's four cycles. You have to hit it like 10 times, and the screen recognizes it because it gives you a little force feedback to cycle through. Um, when you're in the sprint mode, which is the fast mode, first of all, you can't start the car only starts up in like baby soft cloud mode and i'm like no i want full sporty mode every time what's, what's you remember the there? previous mode and just use totally. that totally it's so frustrating and the fact that what i really want is max power with comfort suspension but there's no way to do that so you know there's no way to separate out your drive modes it just is very basic at the moment so these things really bug me but nothing bugs me more than the seating position in that car just like my model s my model s drives me insane i sit way too high the lucid 
I can't get low enough. The seat is a very much a luxurious seat. Now, my dad loves it because he's getting the car as a cruiser, as a mile muncher, and it's fine for that. The massage is good. But yes. something about the steering wheel thickness, the shape of the wheel, and my seating position, I don't fit right in that car. And, and that's right. not a knock of the car. That's just me no. not fitting sub- properly. It's in more it. of a subjective thing, really, right? Sure. So that's yeah. my personal opinion. My opinion of driving it around is big range, unbelievably fast charging, um, and it, it actually looks really good in his spec with the big wheels. You got to have the big wheels. He's got the big wheels. He's got a gorgeous interior. The interior seems really good. Um, squeaks and rattles, but I'm hearing that the new ones might be a little bit better put together. Um, he's like thrilled with interior it. trim squeaking. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So there's this strip that comes up the windshield that's squeaking. The back seats are squeaking and rattling, but I can't, I mean, my Model S did the same thing and I had to bring it in to get it fixed. What's a little bit crazy is the previous owner had four service visits in 900 miles, Ooh, which seems crazy. Um, that seems like my, a lot. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I believe one of those is because a tree fell on the windshield and it didn't damage wow. the paint in any way. It just cracked the windshield. So it needed a new windshield. My dad's going to do a whole video on that on the service history before he got it. But um, he, he loves it. He still has his Model 3 LFP, which I, I love as well. I think that car really was one of the best cars I've driven all year, the Model 3 LFP. It was so good. Right. And, so that's, um, yeah, we can, we can talk about that as well. So you did a separate video. So your dad is like on his car buying spree, right? So someone asked earlier in the comments if he sold his ID4. I didn't know he had an ID. I can't keep up with your dad. He had three ID4s previously. <laughs> My da- what's funny is my dad has always done this my whole life. This right. is why I think I'm swayed by my car feeling. Every every week we'd be oh I'm swapping I'm trading this into this and he, it was always used cars and you know he you know sometimes make a little bit of money sometimes lose a little bit of money so this is nothing new for him he's done this his whole life. Right on. I see the Lucid has a nice under under uh, trunk storage place. I like that. That's one of my favorite features of, of my Tesla Model Three just because for groceries. It just makes groceries so easy and, you know, you can drive without where them spilling all over the back of the rear of the trunk. Sorry. Yes. And so, I mean, I think the, the plan with this car, just so you know, is uh, my dad's going to drive it for the next month or so. I think we're going to steal it out in Colorado for a little bit, run it in the hog back, do some charging testing, range testing, really evaluate the car, get it out on track, do some interesting things with it there. And then, uh, then it'll go back to my dad afterwards, and and maybe I'll swap him for the LFP Model Three and bring that out, because I'd really love to do some Model Three LFP in-depth testing. That thing is so so good. Yeah, there's a lot about that car we, we don't really know yet. Here's a, can you see this now? Yeah, I just love the way this, this starts out. <laughs> uh, I guess you, this is, uh, you know, I froze a, froze the screen there. So your dad kind of reacting to your driving. <laughs> I've I've had I've had that my whole life since I had my learner's permit. He's like, oh, slow down, don't do this. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I, I dropped that video. Uh, yeah, so the LFP thing. So, uh, what, what do, do you know the price offhand? Yeah, forty two nine ninety. My dad bought a. I asked him to when he sold his Model S. He kind of knew he wanted to get a Lucid. But like we who was still searching for the right one. So I'm like, get a base model three, make some videos about that. And he was so into it because for my dad, I remember there was a point in time when he went from a new BMW M5 to a Prius 
to a Range Rover supercharged back to another generation Prius. Like he loves and appreciates different cars for different reasons, kind of like me. So, you know, for him to go from Model S to Model 3 to Lucid Air, this is not this is not abnormal for him. So um, I asked him to get a no option Tesla, like just go cheap as possible. And that's what this car is. And right. let me tell you, this thing is magic. The efficiency of this car is unbelievable. Now, it's way more efficient than the Lucid Air, of course. It's a smaller car and all that stuff. So that's no surprise. But just driving them back to back, I was getting a whole, you know, he, my dad was getting about 3.1 uh, miles per kilowatt hour, 3.2 miles per kilowatt hour in the Lucid. I was getting like 4.5 in this thing, driving next to each other. And so that'll be on the upcoming video. Um, the charging is wonderful. You can do anything you want to the battery. Who cares? It's an LFP. Full charge it, drain it. It's oh. all good. I, w- and- I wanted to mention something, if you don't mind me interrupting. So you're talking, you were talking about the LFP and charging it. So Tesla recommends you charge to 100% every week, which is kind of contrary to what we usually think about, you know, when we talk about lithium batteries and cars. But this is LFP battery. So it's a iron, metal iron phosphate uh, chemistry on, on the cathode i believe um so that, that so does it damage the battery why why do they want you to charge it up because i didn't i never I, that was news to me what your, your explanation was so uh, my understanding is it's still better for the battery pack to not be at 100 percent. so right. since my dad's driving the lucid we actually charged it to 50 percent, and it's plugged in at 50 percent for storage the reason they want to see a hundred percent is actually to calibrate the BMS because there's a very little voltage change throughout the depth of discharge of the battery pack. Occasionally the different cells in the battery can either get confused for a BMS or they really just need to bleed and all get up to the top level. And so I believe the full charging, letting it full charge and keep it plugged in allows it to sort of top balance. And that way it knows what state of charge you're at and that the battery packs all in the same line um i certainly don't know much about lfp in comparison to ncm and how to take care of it and the temperature ranges but i do know that the downside of the lfp is the cold weather charging but tesla's preconditioning is awesome so it's like not even that big of a deal okay so you think this would be a good florida car it's a good car anywhere i know people up in canada rocking these things and they're awesome i mean for the price, the performance, the fun handling, because you don't have that front motor like your car, Dom, it rips into corners. All right, um, right. The sound system not having the subwoofer, that's a little bit annoying. But it actually, you know what's crazy? Both Anna and I thought this, that the sound system in the base Model 3 LFP sounded better, at least from an electronic music subwoofer standpoint, than the Lucid Air Grand Touring. <laughs> so yeah, it, it's no secret I'm not a fan of the sound system in the Lucid Air. But okay. uh, even even Anna got out of the loose and was like, holy smokes, that thing skipped leg day. There's no base. Like, I know. I don't know what, <laughs> what they're doing. Meanwhile, the Model 3 LFP doesn't even have a subwoofer and it's blowing the windows out of the car. So I don't know. Nice. Um, I, I think you mentioned the build quality is decent, too, right? It's okay. This one had a couple issues. Oh, We've seen right. Model 3 like all over the map. Colton's dad's Model 3 was millimeter perfect paint was perfect interior was perfect body panels were perfect this car fairly good the trunk doesn't really fit that well and the front bumper didn't really fit that well okay but squeaks and rattles 
Uh, I don't think there were any. I don't remember, but no, right. not not recalling any squeaks or rattles. Okay, that's, that's always a good giveaway. You know, if you're inside of if interior plastics kind of do some rubbing and, and make some squeaky noises, that, that's you know, it sounds like flex in the chassis, basically, which you don't want. Yeah, um, I mean, the Model Three is a really stiff car as is, but um, yeah, they they just nailed it with this. So I mean, it's been a week full of crazy cars. It's been. Lucid Air Grand Touring, which is an unbelievable package for long-distance cruising. Uh, by the way, I want to mention Lucid's Dream Drive, which I've now had the chance to really use and soak up. That's great. Dream Drive rocks. Okay. Really good. Uh, the lane centering portion of it is locked in. No phantom braking that I experienced. I did a few hundred miles with it. Um, the, there's still some work to do with the lane change uh, breakaway. Uh, stuff and but the but the adaptive cruise distance the lane following portion really impressive i really like that system so i, I loved driving the lucid over to new jersey to see tom and, and other things like that it was really good then we i drove the model 3 lfp again a fantastic car at a very reasonable price and it is just the new benchmark that's the only way to put it it's like the three series from 10 years ago set all the benchmarks that's what this car is doing 20 and years then, ago yeah, even 20 years, sure, but it's just like that car was no one could match the 3 Series, right? Audi right. A4 got a little close. Mercedes C-Class, yeah, but it wasn't a 3 Series. Yeah. Now it's the Model 3. It's just like no one can do what this one car can do as a holistic package. It's truly impressive. And right. then you get, uh, you know, when we went and got uh, Anna's Taycan, which was a great experience and just a wonderful car. And, of course, I've been driving the Panamera plug-in hybrid. It's crazy. So this is like a, a week from, from heaven or something. I don't know what's going on, but I'm, right. I'm enjoying it. I'm soaking it up, and I'm very appreciative for the opportunity to play with all these cars. So being on East Coast by Tom's, so you also made the pilgrimage to the Supercharger site in New York State where that has the magic docks that allows owners of most non-Teslas to charge there. And I, I know Tom and a number of other people have made videos about this, but I, you are the dean of DC Fast Charge. So I was wondering if, if you had any thoughts on the site that others may not have mentioned. Um. There was really nothing much going on there that anyone hadn't really seen before. Right. Okay. But um, it was cool. I love the Magic Dock situation. Still limited to 350 amps for non-Teslas as far as we can tell. Okay. And um, the Lucid Air has a, an 800-volt system architecture. It's actually higher. It's like you know 850 nominal, something like that. It's crazy high. And it, it needs to use the onboard booster to charge. So I was only getting about 46 kilowatts peak. Um, but that's Ooh. that's a car limitation, not a charger limitation. So that that was as expected. Oh, interesting. So I had my own little supercharger visit this week. So so last last weekend, I went down to the down to the coast to check out a new supercharger site that is not yet on the Tesla supercharger map. I'd seen pictures of of the site around Christmas time, and the pedestals were all wrapped up in plastic. And in the photo, you know, they looked like larger than you know normal tesla superchargers that we're all familiar with so there was some speculation that this was a possible possibly a v4 tesla v4 supercharger site so then i had a, a tesla mobile tech at my house replacing the rear wire harness under recall and he mentioned stopping there to check it out and i thought he referred to it as a v4 site so i had to go down and check it out myself in person uh, despite the fact that it's you know highly unlikely that that tesla would put one of its first v4 stations in north america in rural north florida 
but you never know. So I made a video driving it down to check it out in person. And it turns out it's a V3 site, as most would have expected. The pedestals are still covered up and it's still not on the Tesla supercharger site. Like a week later, I looked at it last night. It's not, it's not there yet. So I couldn't tell if they had the magic dock on any of them at all. So I'm wondering if that's the case. I want to keep an eye on it just in case that's... Uh, Plus, it's in, it's in a great position if you're like driving from South Florida or going to South Florida and you want to hug the coast. This this helps you do that. This gets you through. Then there's another one. There's a Tesla supercharger in Perry now too, where you stop before on a, on a trip through. I think you had to charge at like a CCS place or something. There was some like low speed charging situation there, but now there's a Tesla supercharger there as well. Um, yeah. So that's on my uh, drive electric with Dominic site. I also did my first. Your channel's really taking off. I just wanted to mention huge congratulations. You've been getting good views, consistent uploads. You're doing the YouTube thing right. And your thumbnail on the most recent video was great. Yeah, I did. I was going to, I tried to do a blow your mind kind of thing, but I ended up doing your. You did the your, Kyle Connor thing. I did. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Is that you copyrighted? Know, you should only trust car reviewers by the width of their arm span. <laughs> oh. Okay, sure. I'll, I'll I'll accept that metric, but I'll, I'll try to do, I'll try to be. Uh, I already promised somebody I'll try to be more creative with my thumbnails in the in the future. I try not to rip you off, Kyle. Um, so speak, speaking of this, I also did my first Tesla FSD beta dude loop. So dude is the acronym for drive electric with Dominic. Um, I still have FSD version 10.69.25. So I should be getting an update really soon to version 11.3 point something, but I wanted to set down like a baseline experience. So that video is up now on drive, drive electric with Dominic. Um, and basically the car pretty much fails constantly when it's not just go, like going in a straight line down the street. <laughs> so Tallahassee is, I guess, a bit of a challenge. Um, so some of these issues could be related to me, though, not trusting the system completely. Uh, I think at one point my my foot automatically hit the hit the brake because I didn't know there was a it was in the middle of an intersection. There was a car coming. I didn't know if the car was going to go or not. It, you, you know, it, it gives you mixed signals, right? It's like kind of nervous stopping and starting. So I don't know what it's going to do. And so, so part of this whole thing is you know process is me learning to you know trust it and learn how the car is most likely going to react so or like don't trust it when you might be trusting it R right yeah well yeah I've, and i've got to be careful not to i really don't want to damage it in any way plus i don't want to hurt somebody else's vehicle or just you know be a menace on the road um right so but i'm going to try to do another pass of the same loop i haven't gotten the update yet so i might do another pass of the same loop and see if there's been any changes. I was driving down this like little road the other day, like a week ago. And so this road, there's no center line markings. It's got some uh, speed humps, which it slows down for, which I thought was awesome. Uh, but it has a 90 degree turn, you know, with in, in this road, there's no intersection. It just bends 90 degrees. And then last week it did not. It was headed straight for the curb. Like it got pretty close. I had to stop it because it looked like it was going to, you know, just run off the road. Uh, but but I did it last, last a couple nights ago. I did the same little thing and it slowed down. It went around a turn like normal. So I'm wondering if it actually learns. I don't know. Or, or I don't know. It's just acts so strange. It's hard to tell what's going on. I don't think there's much learning going on based off of my car. 
Okay. Well, based off of like for the last five years, I've been visiting my area of Colorado. Uh, every Tesla slams on the brakes in one place. You would think in right. five years it could learn not to slam on the brakes in this one spot. Right. Yeah. It's it seems to have a hard time like you know getting set up into getting itself in the proper lane, like thinking a few steps ahead, you know, and you know just setting us up being the right lane so it doesn't have to try to do any crazy lane changes later on when it might be more difficult. Yeah. Anyway, so that's been my week. And so I hope, hope to have a few, uh, some more videos up this weekend. That's kind of my, my schedule. Like the dude loop. Right. Actually, I'm going to have to try to have some uh, passengers with me too. So people who go into the loop who have like limited experience with Tesla's and, and no experience with like this kind of, self-driving software at all so it'll it'll have their reactions to what's going on as well so i'm hoping that'll make it maybe more interesting so it's just not me going on about you know what the car is doing all the time yeah um so we don't want to keep you too long but i think we should, if we can just spend a couple minutes on our stories for the day <laughs> you got a couple more minutes for me I do. Well, let's get to the news. I heard. I want to hear about the new Explorer. I want to hear about the EV5. Right. So I don't. Yeah. Stuff that's going on. Yeah. There's not too much. Uh, there's that's basically basically the main thing. Actually, the the third story that was in our thumbnail, I believe, was uh, Tesla's offering extended warranties now. So for a couple grand, you can get your warranty extended, which I th I, was, I got really excited for a moment, but you have to buy it before your warranty actually runs out. So I have a used Tesla Model 3. The warranty is already out. I cannot take advantage of this extended warranty, which is a shame because I would definitely go for this because I need to have a part replaced that's going to be close to that much already right off the bat. So I guess it makes sense why they don't offer it to people already out of warranty. Uh, let's see. So that was that was one of the bits of news. I don't know if you had anything you want to mention about that. Um, no. Okay. It was, it was a little weird getting the extended warranty game, but you know if they can make extra money, I make it, I go go for it, I guess. Uh, so the big news, I guess, of the week is the uh, the Ford Explorer. It's just debuted the all electric Ford Explorer in Europe. So it's built on the Volkswagen MEB platform, and it's the first vehicle to arrive as a part of that partnership. So like the Volkswagen ID4, it comes with the in rear or all-wheel drive. It's going to be built in Cologne, Germany, and start at 45,000 euros. That's about $48,300 US. By comparison, the Mustang Mach-E is like 62,900 euros or 67,006. So this is far more affordable. It's a smaller car. It's a little bit shorter, a couple inches shorter than the ID4. Uh, it's not coming to the U.S., so we don't need to spend a lot of time on this at all. But the uh, but the U.S. is likely going to get a different, larger Ford all-electric Ford Explorer, probably around 2025. That's going to be built in Oakville, Ontario. Uh, we don't have, but for this new European Explorer, we don't have a lot in the way of technical def details. But we can say that it's supposed to charge in 10 to 80 percent in 25 minutes, which is Pretty decent, right? 10 to 80, 25 minutes. Mid-pack, mid I guess, to close. I think close. it's, do we, know, uh, do we know who's providing the cells for that pack? Uh, it's not in my notes right here, actually. It slips my mind. I'm not really sure. But it'll be, you know, built in Cologne. I was actually just there at the factory in Cologne. 
Right. It's, and it's going to come with a battery preconditioning, charge scheduling, and trip planning. So all the all the good software stuff that Volkswagen's been a little slow to get into their own vehicles. I think the Audi Q4 actually just got a software update that has a lot of this stuff in it. So if you're looking to buy an Audi Q4, your the software is a little bit better than it was. Well, um, I, I, it's actually kind of silly to buy a new Q4 over an ID4, especially a Chattanooga one. But the Chattanooga cars should do route planning. Uh, right. And no, no preconditioning. But the Volkswagen's route planning isn't great. You know what's crazy about that is Taycan has unbelievably good route planning. I think the best non-Tesla route planning out there gets you to chargers, low preconditions. Why can't they just take that software and just put it in the other cars? Like they that already have nice. it in the group. It, maybe I'm oversimplifying it this. I don't know if it's if, if it was it wasn't developed on the same like base platform. Maybe it's like hard to you can't. I don't but know. it's the logic that's the hard part. The code, the ones and zeros, shouldn't be that hard. True, true, true. Yeah, that, that's a. I don't know. We we'll have to ask some some German engineers. And just the fact that the ID4 built in America still doesn't have plug-in charge with Electrify right. America is the most mind-blowing and crazy thing ever. Oh. Also, model year 24 ID4 looks to be pretty sweet. Um, I've heard some rumors of some nice upgrades coming for model year 24, actually. Right on. Uh, so uh, one, a couple, just one last thing about the... Uh... But the Ford Explorer, oh, I should probably pop up a picture of it so you all know what we're talking about if you're watching us on YouTube. And so I got to share this screen real quick and bring up the Ford Explorer EV. And there it is on our site. Um, yeah, styling wise, it's, you know, in the Ford family, but it does, you know, size wise, kind of, you, you can kind of see the ID4 footprint in it. I saw some of the, uh, refer to it as the id ford which i thought was clever oh, the, that would be the best license plate ever <laughs> oh that's right i could i need to get thanks for my, i need to get my own license plate on my car thanks for that reminder um right so that's what the, that's what it looks like so the other debut this week was something of a surprise uh it's not also not for the u.s market so we don't you know need to spend a ton, ton of time on it uh it debuted as part of uh, kia's Chinese EV day, which I didn't know was a thing, but apparently it is. And so this, if I can share this with you all as well, and I kind of like this actually, and I'm not sure if it's coming to the US, but I'm really hoping it is. Kyle, have you heard anything about that? I, I had not even heard about this at all. Oh, really? Okay. So yeah, it was kind of quiet because it's, you know, it wasn't like a huge splashy debut. It's, yeah, it's a I put concept. a word, a blocker on my life of the word concept. I try right. to and it's avoid. Right, and it's right in the middle of the name. Usually it's like a Kia EV5 concept, but this one, they put it right in the middle, a Kia concept EV5 debuts. And, uh, you know, but I kind of like it. It's it's very reminiscent of, of the EV9, the production version of which just debuted last week. So it's like a smaller EV9, but not quite the same. It's got some different things going on with the, but it's just you know, like like the EV9 has those same three-spoke wheels as an option, so it's across the, the family line. Um, yeah, but we don't really have a whole lot of info on it. It's got swivel seats on this concept, like the production EV9 does in the back seat of that one. So I think that's something that the key is probably going to be you know having its vehicles. But we don't know if it's coming here or if it is when. But I think it would do pretty well here. It's going to be the EV9, just a little bit smaller. 
Right. Just yeah, just a little bit. You think? Probably just a little bit smaller. Right. Yeah. It does look like say bigger than like the uh, ID four. It looks like. I don't know. What would you compare that in size? CX? Oh, uh, I don't know. I mean, like at at the end of the day, I always think it's kind of funny how people cross shop sizes of SUVs when like, I don't know. I feel like most sizes of vehicles fit into most people's lives. If you have like a specific limitation onto your garage length, which is a lot of buying decision, then just like find vehicles under that certain distance. You'd be funny how, how close different vehicles are actually in size in the real world, even though they might appear totally different. Uh, but Kia's going to nail it with this. They, they're going to they're nail it with the EV9. They're going to nail it with the EV5. The Koreans are taking over, and they are building some of the craziest, best, highest quality products you can imagine. Right. Uh, and it's funny. I saw something recently where they're kind of surprised at their success. It's like they didn't they didn't realize that they were going to be like in this position. And I think if they had have known, they'd have, you know, they'd have built more battery capacity or or something. You know, more manufacturing capacity because you know a lot of their products is still not available in all fifty states. So, but you know, it's like you know one of the most highly recommended you know vehicle non Tesla vehicles for sure out there. The problem is the tax credit. If you lease them, you get the tax credit. If you buy them, you don't. Oh, really? And yeah, even Tycon gets the tax credit if you lease it right now. Like most of the caps on leases are gone. By the way, I've been seeing Mercedes EQS 450 plus leases with like three grand down for 600 bucks a month or under. I mean, like just insane. Uh, Zach, Black Model 3 on Twitter, just looked at a EQS SUV and it was like 680 a month, zero down, I think. What? Oh, uh, so yeah, the the Mercedes is trying to blow these EQs out on leases, then, and that's the key to get in on those. Um, EQS if you're comfortable SUV leasing, is nice. I I agree. I like the EQS SUV. That was, I believe, for a rear wheel drive version, which for most people is probably okay. Um, sure. You know, for for you or me, maybe we'd want to take it a bit more off road. You know, but whatever. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think yes, the. Uh, the leasing game with EVs might be back into play like it was three or four years ago. Sorry, sorry, they might be back into play? The leasing game. Three or four oh, years right, ago, right, you yeah. could find... I remember my dad leased a Chevy Bolt for like 89 bucks a month or something like that. It's just one of those like really cheap things. We might be getting back into this world. Okay, that's that's interesting. That throws a... Yeah. So, uh, but I think we should probably wrap this show up for now. Um I'd like to thank everyone for joining us. It's, you know, we're just one week only, little time shift, little four hours later than normal. So I'm really, it's really nice to see y'all in the comments again, as usual, a lot of the familiar names and, and well, some faces, like, but uh, yeah. So that brings us to the end of our show. If you have any questions or comments, you can leave them on the Inside EVs forum podcast thread or on our YouTube or Twitch comment sections. If you like the show, please give us a thumbs up. Uh, if you're watching us on YouTube, don't forget you can find and follow our panelists on Twitter. Follow Tom Alogny at Tomalog, that's with two M's. Martin Lee, when he's here and when he's not here, he's at EV News Daily. And Kyle Connor is at It's Kyle Connor. Uh, I'm, I'm Dominic at Dominic on Post News and uh, Spoutable and Mastodon. Click subscribe, tap that bell icon for notifications, and we'll see you all again next week. Thank you so much for joining us. Ciao. And the end podcast. And the end podcast. And we got to run the little, you got to run the intro. 
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC member SIPC.